this is Kelly Carlin, and welcome to Waking from the American Dream. Gracias a la vida, me ha dado tanto, me dio dos luceros, que cuando los abro, perfecto distingo lo negro del blanco y en el alto cielo su fondo estrellado y en las multitudes el hombre Que forma mi canto 
canto de ustedes que es el mismo canto el canto de todos que es mi propio That, my friends, is Mercedes Sosa. Uh, she was an Argentine singer who was exiled from her country during those horrific days of insanity and returned to her country in 1982 when the uh, government had collapsed and did a series of concerts uh, in Argentina, and that is a live recording of one of them. And so what you are hearing is her singing this gorgeous song, Thank You for the Life, This Life, um, and thanking her country and her people and her arms and her legs and the sky and the mountains for for everything. And when I hear that cheering crowd at the end, every time I hear that recording, I absolutely Every hair on my body and my nipples go hard. <laughs> so uh, I highly recommend Mercedes Sosa, S-O-S-A. I think it's a double album. Uh, please, please get that. I don't really have permission to play that on the show, but I don't really care because I play it anyway because it's so – it's just so enlightening and, and amazing. Welcome, everyone, to the show. Welcome to Waking from the American Dream. It is Thursday, August 8th. Yes, we march along, don't we? Here we are marching along through the summer, step by step, week by week. I hope everyone is getting enough watermelon and lemonade and corn on the cob and beach time or sun time or picnics or camping or water rafting or tree climbing or long naps on gorgeous hammocks or long naps on dirty hammocks uh, and porches and and piles of dirt and and mud. Are you getting enough mud in your toes? You need mud in your toes during summertime. At least that's what I remember as a kid. Summertime is a time when, you know, you're supposed to get lost a little bit. And it's hard. It's hard as a grown-up to get lost because there's always the calendar and the emails and the the next thing and the projects and and the and the and the inbox and then and, and the boss needing something and your life needing something and your spouse and your children and uh and your body your body needing something too so i hope everyone's getting enough summer out there before we jump in uh fully into this summer-like program. Just want to let people know of a couple things that are going on for me before we start here. Uh, this Sunday, I will be at Second City in Los Angeles doing the TMI Hollywood one-year anniversary show. I'll be doing it with Dylan Brody and a cast of thousands, it feels like. And it feels like literally like 35 cast members for this one-year anniversary show. Uh, this is the same show that... <clears throat> I was in about four months ago 
and got to do a funny uh, sketch uh, that actually had my guest uh, in it. Not She wasn't actually in it in it, but her as a character was in it. It was the uh, comedian's daughter's reality show sketch where she and I play uh, uncooperative reality stars uh, who live in a house with Chandra Dice Clay and Carrot Top's imaginary daughter Muffin Top. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I, I think I'm going to be playing a judge or something this week. I don't know exactly. Anyway, but Dylan Brody will be there. It'll be really fun. It's at, it's at um, Second City Hollywood if you're in L.A. And then also the end of the month, August 23rd, I'll be in a spoken word event at, in Scottsdale, Arizona at the SCOMA, which is the Scottsdale Museum of uh, Contemporary Art, I think, and uh, at their Lit Lounge on Friday night, which I think is sold out, but you can sit outside and watch it on the big screen, and then there's a big party afterwards. And then the next day, I'm teaching a three-hour workshop, and uh, the three-hour workshop is uh, called Finding Your Inner GPS, or as I like to say, Who Am I? What Am I Doing? And What the Fuck Do I Do Now? is uh is is that so come join me for three hours i'll tell some stories i'm going to do some experiential stuff with people we'll do some journal writing we'll do some visualizations i'll ground you in your body and your dreams and um and possibility and uh and plus we'll laugh so come and see that and uh so yeah like i was saying it's august 8th and uh things are moving along as you know we talk a lot about time and space here and things moving along And so I was letting that be my inspiration this morning when I wrote my essay. And this essay is called, you hear my papers rustling? That's my essay, actual, actual paper essay. Uh, my, My essay is called The Avalanche. August 8th. Whether we like it or not, it's not stopping or slowing down. The earth rolls over for another day. Another sitcom gets dreamed up in the mind of an overeducated, humorless fuck somewhere in this fine city, and Guantanamo Prison is still open. Well, not open-open like a Dunkin' Donuts open. Instead, it lingers on in a literal state of limbo, floating on a swath of land that is not quite America, but not quite not America, filled with men who have no real place in the world because, although some are innocent, they're not innocent enough according to some, to be set free. Free. Freedom. It's all between the ears. We fight for it daily in that space we call mind. Most of us not knowing that the thoughts about who we are, what we are capable of, and what is possible are mostly false spoon-fed bowls of claptrap. I remember when I had no idea that I even had the right to question my own thoughts, I just assumed they were sacred whisperings from some gods of some inner Mount Olympus of my psyche. Who am I kidding? I didn't even know where most of them were coming from. I didn't even know that they were shaping me in every moment. I had no idea the Guantanamo-shaped prison I was erecting for myself unconsciously every day. Until I did. I remember that fine day. It was in May of 1988, after seven years of the most exhausting pinball-like ride of cocaine, panic attacks, and bad decisions, I had finally safely ensconced my first husband, Andrew, into a 30-day rehab program. 
His insanity had taken him to a place where he believed worms were crawling out of his skin and that wearing a bathrobe with two armpit holsters filled with glocks was a winning look. I had walked away from the broken promises of cocaine already myself and felt superior to him for doing so. I was not the one who had shot up my place of business during an alcohol and cocaine-fueled temper tantrum. I was not the one who threatened him by pointing a shotgun at his innocent black Labrador retriever named Jeremy. I was not the one who had blown through over $100,000 of inheritance on distractions such as pygmy goats, radio-controlled airplanes, and other various shiny objects. No. No. I was the one who washed the dishes. I was the one who helped his son with his homework. I was the one who decided to go back to college. I was the good one. And then that fine May day in 1988, when I went to the required Family of the Addicts group therapy session at St. John's Chemical Dependency Center, I remember hearing the stories of the others in the group. I remember feeling superior to them, too. My mother had been through this program and been in AA for over 12 years. I knew these ropes. I'd been in therapy for about 10 years. I knew this lingo. I'd been trapped in this relationship for seven years. I knew who to blame. After hearing my sob story of what a wretched situation I'd found myself in, the spry, bright-eyed, intelligent therapist leaned over, looked me in the eye, and said, You know, you're sicker than he is, right? And that's when it happened. The tiniest of a beginning of being cracked open it was like those first important moments of an avalanche when the snow decides to come loose from the mountain, no longer able to grasp onto the massive facade of a snow-packed veneer of ice. My ego, my persona, my self-image began to feel the true weight of gravity that I had been denying myself, and I knew what was inevitable, a total collapse. Thankfully, my collapse did not come in one fell swoop. No hospitalizations, nor suicide watches, nor heavy pharmaceutical harmonizing for this self. Instead, it was a slow walk toward an ever-increasing sense of a deep truth abiding somewhere within me, and a new way of seeing and living and knowing. I construct my own reality. I make a choice in every moment. I am responsible for my life. Emotions are temporary, thoughts are powerful, and therefore must be examined and vetted for veracity. No one owes me anything, and that if it feels like the world is moving too fast, that time is rushing by, I, I have the power to step outside of this agreed-upon, culturally constructed, technologically driven time-space continuum we live in, and stop Stop to listen to the wind and stop to breathe at the speed of the trees.
Tin Pan Band with Shake That Thing. That's that fabulous band I found while walking in Central Park. It's like a nine-piece band, and they were just, you know, jamming away in Central Park, and... uh, of course, they were brilliant. And I was like, hey, can I play you on my show? <laughs> and they said, yes. Speaking of New York City, hmm, there's someone here visiting from the New York City right now. Area. Her name is Ms. Rain Pryor. And uh, it's been 
oh, a little way too long since she's been here in the fabulous uh, Los Angeles region. Right. I don't know why suddenly I'm doing this sort of Minnesota <laughs> kind of an accent for you. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know either. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So uh, Rain and I are just excited to be here together. We have <laughs> we don't really know what the fuck we're going to talk about. We really don't care. Which because is awesome. <laughs> totally. Totally. Completely. We're just going to hang out here and... Uh, Talk about whatever comes to mind, and um, maybe I'll get some uh, nice uh, Twitter questions uh, from people who are listening live. If you are listening live, let us know. Tweet me back at Kelly underscore Carlin or at Rain Pryor. And let us know if you have any questions or anything. Plus, I have a Skype number, which we'll get to maybe in about a half hour or so, um, which is uh, 323-473-3112. And it's turned down right now. So you ain't going to get through right now. But um, if you call in a little bit, maybe we'll check out uh, some calls and, and talk to some live human beings out there. Actual human beings live. In the world. What's that like? I don't know. It's it's an amazing (laughs) thing. It's live. So welcome home, Rain. This is your home in some ways, certainly. I I think it was once. I think it was. I think it was, definitely. I still have roots. Yeah. 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 What is that like for you? I mean, do you feel... Where is your home these days? You know, I think I'm a gypsy right now. Mm -hmm. I don't know where my home is. Like it was Baltimore for six years and then I got my divorce. Mm-hmm. So like my my little girl is there because daddy's there and I'm with her, but it doesn't feel like home because I no longer have that home. Yes. You know, then I'm like in New York doing my show and then the producer decides I don't feel like paying for your home. <laughs> so I, I'm like sleeping on people's couches at 44. So I think I'm a gypsy. You right are now. a gypsy yeah. right now. Yeah. You I'm are. here staying at my grandma's. Like, uh, I'm like, what's hmm, interesting? Yeah, you're in yeah. a time of real flux. I am, but but I still, but it makes me feel like a real artist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Isn't that? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. it's interesting because I think you've also come with this <laughs> flexibility and flux and this in-between time, which I like to call, you know, it's right. the, the liminal time here. It's such a powerful time because anything is possible. Yes, absolutely. Anything's possible. And I kind of, I kind of am very focused on the direction mm-hmm. of it all. It's just, you know, as, as when you start things, you know how that is. It's like a flower. So you're watering it and you're just like, sometimes you go, will it just fucking bloom? <laughs> Please, <laughs> Please, just fucking bloom. Yeah. So I, I kind of am in that place. I'm like, all right, just open up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a little bit. Yeah, I know. I remember um, Thich Nhat Hanh, I remember was at one of his retreats and he talked about uh, patience, you know. Of course and, he uh, did. Of course he did. Right. It's Thich Nhat Hanh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he, he says, you can't go and pull the grass, the little tufts of grass to make them grow faster. It just doesn't work. <laughs> right. But it's so easy to say when you're living in your mountaintop, Thich Nhat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, with you monks know? and nuns coming yeah, around exactly. making you tea all day. Exactly. I would be serene too. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Amen to that. Contemplating the grass. Amen to that. Absolutely. I think about that. You know, I do a lot about like people like that. I'm like, but I guess it's important. There are people who are like literally are sitting on the mountaintop and giving us that view because how would we get that perspective otherwise? You know, not (laughs) everyone needs to be in the shit. (laughs) But didn't King say, we go to the mountaintop? I don't know. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, in our in our minds, I think that's kind of what my essay. Well, a little bit about my essay was about. It's like, where is your inner mountaintop? Right. You know, how do you get out of the I know shit? Where my muffin top is. <laughs> <laughs> 
No mistaking that. No mistaking that whatsoever. (laughs) And it's not that cute. I know it sounds cute, doesn't it? Muffin it does, top. It does, but it's really not. No, it's no. not. It's not. It's not a happy thing. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it does, maybe have some, you know, chocolate chips or blueberries on it. <laughs> oh, now we're getting kinky. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that no. that didn't take long. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so you are a forty-four-year-old woman in flux. Yeah. 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 And does this this time in your life feel like any other time in your life? I feel more in the flux. I feel more centered, spiritually centered, just centered. Like mm-hmm. I go through moments, though. I mean, if if I'm going to be honest, and I will be. Yes, I go through moments where, like, all of a sudden, I wonder, am I in a depression? Mm. If that makes any sense, because you go to like that that place, but I find out that that's where it's like it's like Ticknock on the mountain, you know. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I mm-hmm. find that mm-hmm. I'm in that place where I can see everything more clearly. Yeah, because I, everything gets quiet because I've been going, 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 going for so long that it's when it gets that. Mm-hmm. My body doesn't know what to do because, you know, when we were talking about crazy, like my mother, mm-hmm. um, you know, <laughs> I, I realize that the calmness in me gives me a different perspective, a mm-hmm. clearer, much clearer view. And it's okay. Like I've gotten comfortable with it. Yeah, it, it is. You know, this is really interesting because I think, uh, and many, many millions of people out there can relate to this, growing up in such chaos like we did, right? that um, when we... L- get space in our life where it's not chaotic and we do find that inner centered thing mm-hmm. at first as part of us doesn't know how to recognize it and so we may mislabel it as depression yeah. or something and it may even feel a little depressing to be there i was just telling you right, a few right, minutes right, ago right. that i was having this free-floating sadness about not really feeling this a lot of sadness, sadness. Right, right. <laughs> you know right. it's like we don't know what to do the space is so foreign to us yeah I mean, you know, and and to be in that place, you know, like you said, I'm in between homes, I'm in between my show, I'm in between stand-up, I'm in between men. I wish I was really in between men, but <laughs> I'm in between them, <laughs> you know, and so it's like, where, where, who am I going to be when I grow up? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, it's crazy. yeah, and yeah. yet... Like, I see you. I mean, we've known each other now for about four and a half years. It seems like, you know, it really feels longer. I know, well, of, course, yeah, of course, because when we met each other, we knew we'd yeah. known each yeah, other our exactly, whole lives. Exactly. Uh, but seeing your arc these last four and a half years, I say that you are absolutely in the most powerful space you've ever been in. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Even with all the externals kind of being in flux, mm-hmm. your internal, like who you, you know who you are now. Yeah. It's kind of, that's, yeah. So there's no bullshit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you can't, I can't even pretend. Yeah. And that's what's so kind of neat. Like I can't <laughs> pretend that it's anything different. I can't pretend that I'm something else. I can't pretend I'm, like we were talking about just what what I had said to a man that I that I like. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's yep. like I can't even even with my mom, I can't pretend. Yeah. Yeah. This is who I am. So I have to, my body literally reacts to uh, 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did I just go off on a tangent? Did I make sense? Yeah, no, you All did. Right, because what you're talking about <laughs> is like you're getting that like immediate feedback of like your own bullshit meter. Yeah. It's like you can't be in no. in misalignment with yourself. I can't. And it's and it's a funky place and it really freaks other people out because you also can't help pointing out to them their bullshit and going, you know what? That's yours. That's your stuff. Yeah. It's not me. Yeah. And people don't want to hear that. They don't. <laughs> they don't. That's why I'm still single. And um, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. <laughs> don't go out with a priestess. <laughs> Someone is going to become one. <laughs> I see. Right. I see the bullshit. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, formidable. It's a yeah. formidable energy. Yeah, yeah. But congratulations for knowing yourself. I mean, that's Thank you. that's like seems to be the big fucking mountain. But, but guess what? I think that's the gift for me that our dads gave us. Mm. They mm. didn't they spoke truth. Yeah. They were the real truth. Do you know what I mean? So it's like you grew up with that. There comes a time where it's like we're either going to be like some heroin addict really in yeah. Dr. Drew's program. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or yeah. we're going to be us, which is yeah. you peel so much away because all we know is that kind of weird, awkward truth. Yeah. And it kind of, I think, was a gift in a way. It's it's a burden and a gift. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Because at first it's like, okay, you like, I, for me, it was like always stirrings inside. Like, okay, I know I'm a truth teller, but right. okay, A, I don't know what my truth is yet and right. be no one really knows who I am or I wants it. to hear me. Right. I get it. Truth is an orgasm. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like you're waiting for it, waiting <laughs> for it. And then it comes and your body like quivers and you're like, oh yes. Oh God. And then it's over. <laughs> and then you just want a spoon. Yeah. Exactly. Hold me. <laughs> Hold me and bring me a couple of Oreos. <laughs> It is like that it, because you know it. It's a body thing. It is. It's, it really it's, is. Truth though. is a body thing. Orgasm is a body thing. Absolutely. You know, I'm reading this crazy, wacky book right now. Do you know who Carlos Castaneda is? Yeah. Okay, so I'm reading a book by one of the women who hung around with him. You know, the other day was in Brazil was um because he's brazilian oh i thought it I was orgasm something. orgasm day or something like right. all day right i was like why wasn't i there so i'm reading <laughs> this book by this woman florinda donner this german woman who ended up like wow. getting picked up and being part of the dream world and all of this and hanging out with these mexican sorceresses wow. these witches who are powerful and can do this whole where and i'm like i don't i don't know right and i know whatever right. but all i know is they kept telling her that you know truth comes from the vagina so what you just said about an orgasm? I've been telling men for years. <laughs> you don't want to hit that if you don't want to know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um bum Yes, but um bum Do you, I, you know, I, I'm just thinking about our dads and the whole truth thing. Mm. And, and they had a lot of vagina. At least my dad did. I don't think your dad. My dad, dad had some. Could. He'd said yeah. some on the side, definitely. <laughs> I'm, I'm no fool. I understand <laughs> right. what you know that right. road life is about. But he always came home to mom. Right. Uh, but there's something because we're women. Mm. Our truth is different, and yes. it's sourced from a different place. So I know for me, what I've been doing these last five years since my dad's left the planet is. Finding, like, owning that 
the truth thing, but at the same time going, okay, but it doesn't look like his. It doesn't, I'm not sourcing it from the same place and mine doesn't have the same, it's expression and intention feels different. Absolutely. But you're different. I'm different. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We are. And it's a different time. It's a different era. It's a different everything, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and my truth has always been like, you know, I've had to, I've had to, I think I don't curb it. I don't frame my truth very well. So what you, it just blah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Unfiltered. It really is. It mm-hmm. really is. I mean, there are moments that I'll try and I'll, and I'll even say in my truth to tell you truth that I'm trying to put it in a way that you can hear it. Right. Right. Rather than really what's in my head. Yeah. Just fucking get over yourself. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I try to say, you know, mm-hmm. um, when you're in alignment, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. But we do. I think it does. It is sourced from a different place. I mean, men, men anyway, have a different kind of energy period. Yes. I mean, yes. There are some who are touching their feminine energy. I'm not knocking that. Right. Right. Um, but it still is different without the VJJ, without the fact that we invite people to come into us mm-hmm. and the fact that we literally give birth to life. Right. Yep. That it does come from. Yeah. You know what I mean? A different place. We give birth and we give food. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, yeah. it does. The whole thing comes from a different. Yeah. I think we're, you know, we're, we're, I mean, not only are we like our brains wired differently, right. but I think we just relate to environment differently. Like we're just, we're, we literally relate to the world in a very right. different way. I mean, and, that's why and it's the not Bible better made or us whores. Well, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because they knew. The power of <laughs> the, the power. JJ. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Shut that down, boys. I'll take over the world. Make that shit evil right away. <laughs> exactly. I just sound like your dad. Make <laughs> your dad that shit, shit evil. evil right away. Right? <laughs> that's hilarious. I'm doing Richard Pryor. To- <laughs> I can do your dad better than I can do my dad. <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay. One day you will have to do my dad and I will oh have to Oh my God. Do- <laughs> you're so going to do that. You know it. You so know we're going to do it. <laughs> that's uh, hysterical. So uh, you have been you and you. It's interesting because you know your solo show. You started this project. How many years? When two? I think in two thousand one. Okay, so it's been twelve years since you birthed that baby. And when you birthed it, your dad was alive. Yes. And then he died, and then and you and you walked away from the show for a while. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but now you've come back around, and you've been doing it for a few years now. Obviously, right, you've come yes. back around, and even within the time that you reconnected with it, what's changed for you? My depth has changed. My point of view has changed. You know, I realized something. Um, it's interesting. So for a year, I ran off Broadway, and then finally closed it for the summer to then reopen it in the fall. Mm-hmm. But I, cl- but running it for the year and, and all word of mouth and watching the people that would come in and, you know, you get, you get the people that applaud really hard. You get the people that stand up and give you the ovation. You get the people that say that do nothing during your show and you wonder if it's any good. And then I went to the National Black Theater Festival and I did it and it was like immediate, like standing ovations during my show, standing ovations at the end of my show, um, completely sold out the entire time. And I realized, how much my show had changed mm. because when I first did it, <clears throat> the African American black folk, mm-hmm. it was kind of like, well, what is she? What was she doing? Who she be? And <laughs> I don't, I don't understand all this years of the action stuff. <laughs> and then I morphed it going to Scotland, actually the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Mm-hmm. And that was changed. the first run you did that was with the first, it. Yeah. Because yeah. It, it changed me a little because 
the best review I got was she, ah, she was too sentimental and we wanted and I realized oh here you can go to the edge mm-hmm. so I started adding those elements to yes. it and then I watched my show shift so the audiences that used to applaud because it was more cabaret oh this is such a great story but she's singing the whole time all of a sudden sat back because now I'm telling them the truth about themselves Yeah. so my story went deeper mm-hmm. and now I see like it's racially deep like to have an audience laugh the entire time from beginning <laughs> to end and and have it feel like I had that moment where I went this is that rolling laughter like this is what stand-ups talk about this is what my dad talked about in the theater and I finally felt what that was Wow! and I went oh because I'm speaking about their truth I didn't realize it was their truth though right I right. didn't know how North Carolina Black Theater Festival would respond to me. Right, sure. So I literally had that moment of, oh, fuck. Mm. I didn't realize that's what I created. Does mm. that make sense? Yes. It's not an ego thing. Yeah, yeah, no, I get I, it. I mean, you know, I yeah. know you get me. Yeah. I mean, you're people out there. Hello, people. You know, hello, people. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. Um, I just didn't want them to think like I'm foolish myself. So it's, yeah. Yeah. So that's how it's changed is that now it has a real depth in and the characters have a real roundness to them because I've lived and breathed them and I wear them um all the time. And the story is so per- pertinent now because we have a black president uh-huh. so, and race is so in our faces because of what happened with Trayvon Martin. So it's like we're right here yep. that we're that we're ready for it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But still we're afraid to go to that edge. Absolutely. You know, because yep. there's a couple times in my show where mama says some stuff and I actually mention, you know, she wants to get people to say the N word. Mm-hmm. I mean, nigger, that's, I'll just say it myself. And so <laughs> she, she mentions is George Zimmerman in the house. And there was that moment of pause mm-hmm. and then there was a laughter and then it was like immediate, we shouldn't laugh. Like I, I felt that and I loved it because I'm like, we're so afraid. And that's to me what's wrong with stand up is we're afraid to go to the edges your dad and my dad went mm-hmm, to. Mm-hmm. We're so censored now. Yeah, yeah, we're so PC. Yeah, yeah, we want to. Like t- really? Yeah. Because where's the truth then? Right. Exactly. There's there's no truth in the room then if we're all taking care of each other's. Yeah, you know, I, I don't even know what we're taking, what we're trying <clears throat> to take care of in that sense. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. Uh, it's just it's living in such fear when, when, with the PC thing. What gave you the courage, though, to start to 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 approach your work in this deeper way? Like what what happened? Why did you go now? Now I'm ready to do, you know, my grandmother and, and these characters and, and not just be cabaret and, and, and get and get dark, you know, and what what say that again? What the like in the of it. what? What drove was, me? Yeah, like what was suddenly you were like, what gave you the what gave you the courage to take that step over the edge? You know what? I don't think it was courage. Hmm. That's funny. My mom said that in in this interview she did the other day. She said I was courageous. Hmm. Um, I think, and I don't look at it that way. Yeah, I lived it. Mm-hmm. I lived my dad's truth. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. So I'm just telling my story. Like I don't think about it. Like I didn't say, yeah. let me be. It's who I am. Yeah. So, okay, let me ch- go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And 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 that's- I think performing is what's courageous. Like getting up there and going, is it who? How are they going to respond? Yeah, yeah. I mean that it does. It takes a hell of a lot of courage to get on a stage. It, yeah. it just does. And and I think that's I think it's a great point because I I can relate to that too. About people will say to me, "Oh, your show's so courageous," and I'm like. Well, it's just, it's my story. I lived it. And, and maybe it's, 
maybe there is some semblance that you think is courage of me revealing it to you. But because I because we don't do that. Maybe that's it. Yeah, it's normal. Normal. We're all just living in our little pods, right? And we don't talk about that. And we don't talk about these things, you know. And we do more and more in this culture. But, um, but there is, and and it, because I get, I talk to so many people, you know, who are like struggling with fear of stepping into their full expression right. as an artist, you know, right. and and they think that it takes some sort of courage or there's some sort of thing, and. And I think for me, it's like at some point it hurts more not to do it yes. than to do it. Yes. Which is spiritual. Yeah. It's a spiritual thing. Like, so when you were talking, that's what I thought when someone said, they, and I was like, cause you haven't reached that place where your truth is the most important thing and you need to get it out there that you can't keep it. It's like, it's like that champagne bottle, <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're shaking it and shaking it. And then you finally, oh, and then psh- yeah. You know, you have you have no choice. Yeah. And mm. I think you see that it doesn't belong to us. Right. So does it. Not it, at all. It doesn't. No. That we're like like all I want to do is I don't want it to be about me. I right. want it to be about us. Right. I just want to be part of the human race. Right. And I just want to be able to sit across from another human and say, I'm here, you're yes. here, we're okay. Yes. It's safe. And we're everything's fucked up. Yeah, and because it is, and it, because it is, <laughs> right, because and it we're is. all crazy because we are. And somehow we'll find a way to make a cherry pie tonight. Right? <laughs> Can you make a cherry pie, Billy boy, Billy boy? Can you make a cherry pie, Billy boy? I don't know why that came into my head. I don't even think those are the words, but that's what it came. Anyway. Oh, my God. This is going to be a great show. <laughs> uh, if anyone's listening out live there right now and they want to um, call in, I will certainly turn up the volume. Uh, we're at... Three two three four seven three three one one two, and you can give us a call on Skype. Our Skype is on, I believe, and everything is good and all plugged in and all that crappity crap. As you know, Logan is not here today because Logan is in New York, uh, working with Taylor Negron. They're doing a bunch of shows together. So oh, I love Taylor. I know, I know. I know. He's such a muse for me. Like every time I just, even if I just think about him, my writing gets better. See, right? You know, I can just sit down and like, and just kind of channel Taylor Negron through my, (laughs) through my energy and write the words of the eloquence (laughs) of Taylor painting some gorgeous landscape in this, in the theater while we're all here. Let's do that. He's so magical. I know. So magical. Um, so you are, uh, what else were we going to talk about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, so you've been, so you were, I was thinking about you today about the whole holding your hands like I'm a baby, like a baby, <laughs> or like State Farm is here, right. or is it all state? Something all like state. that. One, one of those. Them. One of those. Yeah. One of those insurance. Uh, but I was thinking about this uh, period of time where you went to Baltimore. Yes. And um, had a beautiful daughter. Yes. You she, you loaded. I know. I can't wait to see her. Oh, my God. You're going to trip. I know. She's going to be like 18 feet taller. Yeah, yeah, I just know she yeah. is. She's going to be like – last time I saw her, she was still bordering on like toddler baby yeah. energy. Yeah. And so now I'm pretty sure she's a full-fledged autonomous she, she's human a being. Pers- yeah. Yeah. Total person. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, she was a person before. Yeah. Anyway. My God. You know. <laughs> but now it's it's strange. It's really it's, – it's got to be. Because yeah. they're they're your they're 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 like you. I mean, I don't have kids, but right. I, I get it. Like they're like you, but they're completely different than you. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And I, there are things like things definitely that I go, wow, that's 
in the blood. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And then there are things that she does. Like, I'm like, I'm so glad you do that because I'm worried if you were more like me. <laughs> I'm glad you're your own being. Right Blessings. Blessings, yeah, Giles. Right. Yes. Blessings. You're going to have a great life. <laughs> yeah, she is going to have a great she life. Is. She already does have a great life. But it was what we were talking about earlier was like you going to Baltimore mm-hmm. and 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 there was something normal you wanted. Yes. Out of that life. I did and I did not get it. Mm-hmm. Um I did for a moment. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I did because I had I still believe and I was just telling um this man about that. I said I still believe and in part of this filming process although i'm not going to say what it is mm-hmm. but part of the filming process of what i'm embarking on mm-hmm. is has made me aware that there's still this deep sense of me that wants the white picket fence and that house and that family and that i'm going to feel whole and until i have that like it's a deep seated mm-hmm. desire i will not feel whole mm-hmm. like i truly want that family and it comes with, for me, a man who can handle the fact that I'm on the road all the time, that can handle who I am spiritually, right. who can handle who I am artistically, mm-hmm. can handle that I'm a prior and that sometimes he may be Mr. Prior, <laughs> right. unless he had, do you know what I mean? Yeah, that people sure. see him that way. Sure. Bob you know? gets it all the time. Yeah. Right. And so, but that's why he gets it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he gets it, but then he gets it. Yeah, he gets it and it just washes right, right. off. Right. And yeah. so that's what I want a Bob. Yeah. I, that's it. That's it. I want a Bob McCall. That's what I want. And so what's funny is is I I think now in my own evolution, though, I've I've come close to that. Like, I've come... I think I'm headed in the right path with the people that I'm meeting because mm. of the bullshit detector now yeah. and because I have to speak this truth yeah. that I can't settle. It's like that thing we were talking about earlier on mm-hmm. that it, it feeds in me. So I think now I'm closer to that reality of having that feeling of that wholeness and the creative process and the love and everything that goes in it. And the re- And the reality for me is... I know it's not perfect. So I'm not looking for, oh, we're happy and everything's fine. I'm looking for we have a fight and it's not F you. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what I really got from that was like there was the foundation thing for you. It's like yeah. there's something like place and foundation and solidity that mm-hmm. then you can operate from that space Absolutely. and be free to do and spontaneous yeah. and yes. all of that. But and it, you know, it, it is interesting because I think once again, going back to the chaos we grew right. up in. It's like for Bob and I, Bob and I have been together 20 years, 21 years we've been together. And we've had this house. It'll be 20 years in December we've been living in this house. Wow. I know. And that's the longest I've lived anywhere in my life. I mean, not, you know. Or with my, anyone. <laughs> well, yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Longer than I even, you know, I mean, at 18, I was out of the house, so I didn't wow. live with my parents, you know. So it's like, and and but that has been essential for my mm. you know because i was so fragmented when i met bob 21 years ago right. i was i was just walking out of that crazy marriage i described right. and that was 1992 
And um, I was so fragmented that I too was looking, you know, for the rock of Gibraltar kind of a thing, right. but, but a rock that's not going to drown me. <laughs> right, right. But a rock that's going to always be there that I can come back and touch right. and also give full freedom to the, to the, to, to, to my partner, you know, to Bob. I mean, it's right. like, Bob's like, please go, you know, and I'm like, right. please go, you know, not right. go and with see, other. That's what I realized. I am, but now I need it back. And right. so now I'm not, I'm not okay with, if I don't get it back. I'm right. not okay if I don't have someone who goes, you know what? Yeah. You know what? This week I'm off. So I'm going to be home with Lotus. Right. And didn't you have some gigs? Go, go. Right. I'll see you in a week. Yeah. We're going to be fine. Right. We got, we got this. True right partnership. Now. Right. And then I can go, all right, you have a gig. Let me. Right. Take exactly care of the family yep. and you go do your do. Yep. Yep. You yeah. know, and, and that's not saying anything bad about the man I was married to. Mm -hmm. That's who he is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and he wants, he wants, he wants barefoot and pregnant, you know, mm -hmm. which is good because now he has a girlfriend with three other kids, barefoot <laughs> and pregnant. And, um, so I'm happy for you not, and, um, <laughs> I'm not bitter. Yes, I am. And, um, <laughs> this too shall pass. This too shall pass. <laughs> it just makes me wish that I was like in my 30s still like he is because it's so much easier when you're younger. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes any sense. It, it is. I mean, there, uh, it does. You know? It does. It feels like it's easier. But yeah. the, the problem with being in your 30s is you also get the confusion. Right. And social communicable diseases because... <laughs> <laughs> Well, there, there is that. Yeah, I'm thinking like, wow, there's a lot more sex could, to be had. Where now it's like everyone's either coming out of a marriage, they're afraid, they're finding out they're gay. Like that's what I'm really realizing about our age group. Yeah, it's really hard in that way to date. Like things are falling I off. I can't things even are imagine. Going low. It's like I can't. You know. That is one thing that I, I, I might yeah. take my hat off to you, girl. I. <laughs> Just don't know. Yeah. And I crack up all the time on Facebook because I'll see a post of yours, which will be like, look, buddy, right. if you want to date me, I'm not going to like make your career because of my right. last name. Like it's, I can't even imagine. Some people think Richard Pryor lives in my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, they get it wrong. They don't realize he had a lot of vagina. He doesn't live in my vagina. <laughs> You know, and comics, for some reason, they just, I don't know, they think somehow they're going to hit it and like, ooh, uh, well, and they're disappointed. I mean, yeah. they're not disappointed sexually, but then they wake up and they're like, I'm not funny. I'm not funnier. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're really not. In fact, you're a bit less exactly. funny right now. <laughs> right. And, you, and you weren't really that funny when I slept with you, but I thought about it because I was like, oh, maybe I should. Oh, it's kind of cute. <laughs> you know, where, where it's funny because now I realize too, like, I, I don't. I am not attracted to stand-ups, but mm -hmm. I realize certain people are coming into my life who I do like, who happen to be stand-ups. But yeah. what's funny is they're really funny. Oh, uh, that's... And in their own... Yeah. They're not doing dad. Yeah, no, no. It's got to be an essential... Yeah, I mean, there's no, no way... I mean, you know, there's no way I could be with a partner who doesn't make me laugh every day, you know, yeah, and, and, you know, and Bob is like a person who his humor is so distinct to him and it's very dry and sharp yeah. and he comes from his own point of view and, and I can't imagine not being, I mean, he's not a stand up. He's a, he's a cameraman and a DP, right. but, um, uh, yeah, I funny is essential. It's funny and silly. Mm -hmm. And then someone who can go bam deep. Yep. If you can't go deep. Yeah. I totally lose interest. All of a sudden this thing happens and I cut off. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, then I can't be. Because then you can't be deep. Right. And you I know? can't be. Right. Right. My truth. I can't be like that yeah. part of me that says, wow, this hurts or this feels like this, 
you know, and yeah. instead you want like, hey, hey, slapstick all day long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they got to be able to have a capacity. For emotion. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess it's a lesbian for me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, no, but they're crazy. All right. Some of, not, yeah. all, not all lesbians. Not, not all I'm lesbians. Not lesbians. No, not all lesbians. But a lot just, of my lesbian yes. friends tell Hard me. Nuts. Yes, that sometimes they think about being with men just so they don't have to be with crazy women anymore. Right, right. It's the nail thing. I think it's just like, it's just, you know, it gets to you. Yes, yes. Uh, being in a cat fight is like more terrifying to me than thinking of anything else. It stopped me from going to public school in junior high. I was so afraid that women were going to, girl, other girls were going to beat me up in public school. God, I was a weird, weird child. Um, that's hilarious. That's that's so funny. And it's sad. I know it is completely, <laughs> completely sad and crazy. I, yes, I was crazy and still am. And who cares? It's beautiful. Uh, it is. It's a beautiful thing. Um, so you, life, as we talked about last time, the last time you were here. You had just started doing stand-up. Yes. Like you were just – Yeah, and I showed got, you my first little gig I did. And you'd gotten tricked into it. I did, Because yes. they said, oh, just come and do your one-woman show, part of that. Right. And then before you knew it, you I were – I like Kelly, everybody, because she's a friend who listens. <laughs> yes, I do. I listen. remember. Deeply. <laughs> and uh, you uh, – and I was, I was like in awe when you were starting to do that because for me, it's like – or, no, I can't. I will not go. I like, right, right. I, and I know it's like part of it is like, shit, I haven't worked out yet because I have s- s- p- some part of me is like, so like, fuck you. I'm not going to be funny no matter fucking what. Like, fuck you. <laughs> you can't make me be funny. You can't, you can't demand of me to be, you can't right. expect me to be funny. Right. I hate you all. Stop it. Leave me alone. Right. But then I just go on stage and I say something kind of silly or whatever and people laugh and I'm like, okay, well, I guess that happened. I don't know how that, I mean, right, I, I don't right. try to be funny, but. You know, that's what I say to people. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to try to be funny. See, that's the thing for me. So we were talking about this weird, Rain and I were having a little pre-conversation, but for me, I have figured out that I was not put on this planet and does, I don't have like, not every cell in my body needs to make people laugh. Right. There's something about in a stand up and a person who devotes their whole life to that, that that is a really ins- essential part of who they are. It is. It's like they they live and they breathe it. Yeah. I do it so I don't have to teach. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difference. And it's funny. I teach so I don't have to do stand-up. Weird is this? That's hilarious. Because this is the this but is the, that's true though. Do you know what I mean? For yes. both of us, it really is. Yes, true. because it, uh, basically we are teachers. I mean, that's right. who we are. And I do it my way. Like I've decided, I'm doing my stand up. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to do this person. Like I listen to stand ups and I like their flow or da 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 blah blah blah. And I'll go, oh, that's interesting. But I realize there's this weird person. Like lately on stage when I do stand up, I realize there's a character. It's not me. Like I start laughing because I'm like, where did she come from? Mm. Like she's really really goofy and girly and it's and I realize I created this person so I can say really terrible things lovely that people laugh at yes because they're like oh she's so cute we can laugh at that right 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 we're you not threatened by yeah, her we're not threatened and I realize oh that's who I am like I can't just be rain. I don't know why it is. I can't just be me up there. Yeah. She's not, I'm not funny. That's what I'm trying to say. But this person that goes up on the stage and does stand up in New York City uh-huh. is apparently funny, except for one time Rick knows. I went with him to <laughs> this weird club and it's all like the kind of comics that stand up there and go, I'm I'm a um let me do my impersonation of a one night stand. 
<laughs> you know, like that kind of comedy. Yes. And I get up there and I'm trying my thing. And I'm like, I'm not fitting in because I don't know how to be a cube. Right. And I'm like, right. this isn't working for me. But then the next day I crushed. So it's just, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know if I'm making sense. No, you're totally making sense. Yeah. I, I, crushed is my new word I learned. Thank crushed. Thank you, Rick Overton. Well, yeah. yes. Rick is a professional. He, he'll right. give you all the proper lingo. Yeah for this yeah. stand up comedy. It's like dating world. the guy and I knew nothing about golf and he was golfing and I said something about golf and then he laughed. He goes, "Lo, look at you with your golf skills." And I'm like, "By the way, I know nothing." I had to ask someone. I was like, "What's a good golf term?" <laughs> what can I throw in there? Yeah, exactly. So I said like I know what the fuck I'm talking right, about. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know this pers- this kind of stage persona thing. I get it because I have like two or three Twitter personas and I have a <laughs> absolutely stand-up persona like twitter taught has taught me how to write jokes right basically and right. be funny and find right. the angle on things that are going on or a, a reply or something and it's a very very particular mm. perspective i have to step into yes. and i have to let go of all the other parts of my personality to do it and yeah. and when it's when i'm in it boom man I'm hysterical. Right. I'm funny. People are like, oh my God, you're like one of the funniest people on Twitter. And then of course, then, you know, the next day I come up and I'm retweeting a Deepak Chopra, you know, right, or something right, really deep right, and important, right. you know, and I have like an epiphany and I've been meditating for 20 minutes or something. Right, right. The other persona comes up, but, but I think if I could, yeah, if I could step into, uh, let myself step into a stage persona like that, or, right. you know, be free enough with it like that. Right. Um, that could be fun. See that? Then right. I don't feel like I have to be Kelly Carlin. Right, right. I can just be. You know, that's almost like why um, an old friend of mine who's got a famous last name, she changed her name to do stand up. Wow. And, and it was totally freeing for her because she could go and be completely anonymous. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. But at some point, I, I, I can't be anonymous. So, you know, right. yeah, I don't know. So, it's, how's your, so your stand up now? Is I'm, different than it was even a year ago or yeah, two years ago? Yeah, it is. It is. Like that – when I watch old – like the tape from the first time I did that I showed you uh-huh. when I headlined in Arizona and I'll watch it and I'll go, wow, it's – like some of the jokes are the same because I'm still working on it. Yeah. <clears throat> but that was me. Like I'm like, okay, that was Rain doing stand-up. And then from that became this weird geeky, gawky, girly <laughs> girl that now is up on the stage that totally is like apologetic to herself and to you for what she's about to say because <laughs> it's really gross. And she's like a valley girl, black girl, like all the things that are me, but she's not me. And she just pops out. Wow. Like it's weird. Wow. And so I was just like, I guess I'll go with her because yeah. the audience really likes her. They like her. Like afterwards, you know, people applaud and I get hugs. Uh-huh. uh-huh Do you know what I mean? From yes. guys and girls. They're like, oh my God, you're so funny. And I'm like, you don't know that's not, it's me, but it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> She's not me. <laughs> but she lives in me. That's and, um, so interesting. And and so it's just been weird to all of a sudden like branch off and headline. Uh-huh. And to be in a city like New York where like it seems like everyone's really funny and really deep, but they're not. And um <laughs> <laughs> I'm not putting New York down. I'm just saying I've seen your material, people. <laughs> You're not all You're funny not and all deep. That deep, um, you know. And and trying to think now of things I want to really talk about, like mm. like some of the stuff today. I'm like, oh, that could be. That's like a bit. Yeah, I should you use that? I should talk about spirituality because that is who I am. But, mm-hmm. make, but how do I? do that and make it funny and at a 10 o'clock at night when yeah. people are right drunk and all they want to hear is dick jokes yeah you see know, but dick could be spiritual it can it be. be it could it could make it you be. see god it's like a, right? 
<laughs> sounded just like your dad. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. And that is, I think that's the context that, you know, I think I'm spoiled because witnessing my dad, who by the time I was cognizant of really what was going on, mm-hmm. really got the scene, you know, he was now doing, going and audiences were coming to see him. Right. There's there's no comedy clubs involved back then. You know, I mean, it was, yeah, you did like, you know, dinner theater clubs, right, right, and Playboy right, Club right. and Copacabana and stuff. But he started doing colleges and then theaters and all that stuff. And um, and it's a different thing when you know your audience is coming to see you. you. Right. Yeah. As opposed to you're trying to fit into this. Yeah. You're featuring or you're opening right, or you're right. doing an open mic or something. And you're right. going to be there with 10 other people and you've got to win these people over in 30 seconds, right. get them to realize who you are right. as a person on stage. Right. It's it's a whole different exercise. It is, which is now why I do the joke of the one night stand. Because yeah. And I'm serious. I do do it because I want to see what mind frame yeah. I'm dealing with. Because if they laugh hard, uh, then I know that's the audience I So you know which – right. You know you're going over there then. Yeah. And yeah. I know maybe I should walk off because I don't have that material left after the one night stand. That's where it ends. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, shit. You yeah. laughed. Now I'm in trouble. Right. Oh, shit. Now you want more of that. Now you want more of that. Okay. <laughs> let me think of something I've seen like on The Simpsons or Family Guy. God. You know, it's because it's that kind of humor. It's like a different – Yeah, sure. And it's not very – to me, it's not clever. No, it's just it's this Gen X like we're not thinking about much. Yeah, it's not anything I want to have a conversation with people yeah, about. So I it's just interest, you know. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah, and what's so funny is I um you know I've been resisting. Well, coming back into the entertainment industry for me was a huge thing you know mm-hmm. doing my solo show risking that which is incredible i can't wait till people in new york see it in october it's going to be fantastic i know i'm, I'm very excited yes. and um doing that and just just kind of being active and being seen as a writer performer now and being invited to do things and be a part of things and that and that's something i've always always wanted um but you know there is this thing about being the the monologist standing on a stage and speaking is really important to me. And I did my first speaking gig about three weeks ago in front of like 350 people. And, and I found that it was really great because both contexts were created for me. One was, it was a safe place because people were there for a transformational weekend. And the person who organized it, who was on my show a couple of weeks ago, Kyle Cease is also a stand up comedian and you know, told the funniest fucking situation about a client that he'd been, he he does transformational work about a guy who was a hoarder, got rid of all of his stuff. And then he goes, and then the guy went in the bathroom and took the largest, longest shit of his life. Right. And I'm like, you know, you can't say that at a Thich Nhat Hanh retreat. Right. That doesn't go over well. Right. You know, you know how those spiritual places are. They're just so they are fucking, stuffy. oh, stuffing it earnest and everyone's got to stick up their ass and right. everyone's so pure and white. And you're like, fuck you. That's not, you know, that's not what that's this not is it. about. You know, and I'll tell you the greatest real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, go, go. The greatest thing that you just said is something my my Ia and my Baba said to me. They said, Rain, and it was about getting angry. They said, everyone thinks spirit in spirituality when you're studying your <clears throat> on your path of your spirituality, you know, you're supposed to be calm and you're not supposed to get mad. Right. Everything's supposed to be fine and peaceful. And you let it wash over. You let it wash over. She goes, sometimes you got to look at someone and go, you're a motherfucker. <laughs> and coming out of her mouth made me laugh. Because <laughs> she's like, I know you don't expect it, do you? Because you think because I'm spiritual and I'm on the same. She goes, sometimes yep. though, 
there's a point where you're allowed to, she goes, because what does it release? It releases you. Yeah. Your truth comes out. It's a freedom. It's a, and I was like, wow. And it's sometimes it's exactly what the this, this situation is needed, you know, is absolutely. needed. I mean, absolutely. And that's really what the truth is, is what's needed now right. is the truth of the moment. So yes. sometimes it is motherfucker. Right. Yeah. At least for me, it is. That, I it is for me by too. far is my favorite saying to anybody. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, be- that, yeah. It, it, it's important because I think. Well, I mean, like, you know, if if you ignore the, if you ignore rage and grief and and all yeah. the dark side of life and and just go for the unicorns <clears throat> and the rainbows and the fucking light, yeah, you're gonna end you're, up in you're, a padded cell. Yeah, you will. <laughs> yeah. You will, and you'll end up like in road rage or something. I mean, it'll come out some way because we know with Christians it always comes out some way exactly. either there the you closet know, and um <laughs> it's really it's true girl. it's very true <laughs> and um the thing that really hit me and is hitting me right now is that all the things that I I kind of like learned about stand up and wanted to do in stand up which is standing up and being in front of people and having this conversation, this one way conversation is kind of how I think of it. You know, this is what I'm thinking. And then your, your reaction to it in some way is going to be the other half of the conversation right right now. And, and I I wanted, like, I, I I wanted that, but I I have no desire to be part of the, like going to a comedy club to do that kind of thing. So I figured out that I can do, I mean, like, that's what I did. I did 45 minutes at the speaking engagement. And the thing was, I wasn't like, oh, I need to like have 45 minutes of the most perfect material ever. I was like, you know what? I'm working on a new bit today. Mm, And that's literally what it was. And I gave myself that freedom to just work out a new bit, had some notes on the stage, did it. And then when it came to the time where I didn't really have anything structured and to say, because I didn't have the pressure to make people laugh, but just be in my truth all this really fucking cool shit came out of me. It was crazy. And that that to me is like when I have those nights of stand up that I go, wow, Mm -hmm. you know, and that happened actually recently where I started where I actually was that character I told you uh-huh. came up to me and I was like, Oh, she's there. And then I talked about stuff that I wanted to talk about. Mm. And it was like, Oh, <laughs> like that, you know, yes. and you don't feel the pressure. Cause I just said, okay, they're already kind of with me. So let me just in my head, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. In this way. Yeah. And you, and that's the, that's the cool thing. Free. Yeah. You, you talked about the things that you really wanted to talk about, like the shit that's really up for you right now. Right. right. Because that's where we're all living. We're all right. living in our shit right fucking now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I love this stuff. <sighs> <laughs> We're already feeling better, right. folks. We're I already hope. feeling better. I hope you're feeling better. I hope, yes. Is everyone feeling better out the there? people out there are feeling better. <laughs> Let me check the Twitter feed, see if there's anyone out here. Hello, is anyone out there? Hello, hello. Hello, hello. is this thing on? Hello, is this thing on? Hello, hello. Does anyone have a nice question for us, you know, here on the Twitter? Hello, I'm going to tweet hello. right now, tweeting, tweeting, hello, is anyone out there is what I just tweeted. So if you're reading it on Twitter, you're going to now read it on Twitter and you're going to hear my voice. Is is it crazy? Who lives in Ring, at Ring Pryor's vagina? <laughs> Find out now. Thank you, Darren. You're awesome. <laughs> Darren Staley, he's awesome. You know, and I, I the, the idea of my dad being in living in my vagina <laughs> scares me a little bit. And I, right. I just, I kind of just, you know, I feel like I'm just like a little clamshell shutting up there, just shutting down, <laughs> just shutting down, <laughs> just shutting down, shutting it down, <laughs> just shutting down. That's what you know, 
what's important to me? What's important to me is to be able to say the word cunt whenever I want to say it. You know, go to England. <laughs> oh. Go to London. oh, they love Everyone's that word. Everyone's a cunt. Everyone's yeah. a cunt. And they're a right That's cunt. A yeah. Are there wrong cunts there? I don't know. I'm hear... sure some have had the wrong cunt. <laughs> Oh, you're oh, a yeah. wrong cunt. You're a wrong cunt. Oh, that's just so wrong. <laughs> Mind you, Brendan Burns. <laughs> yeah, that's all I think of. Yeah. Hi, Brendan. Um, Hi, Brendan. I haven't uh, seen Brendan in a million I years. Know, right. So you are uh, out here shooting a little secret little project thing, which yes. is very exciting. Yes. Uh, can't wait to see that. And so what's what else is on up on your agenda? Like, what else is your your vision working on right now? Well, I just got named associate artistic director of cultural diversity programming for the new theater on Forty Fifth Street um, in New York in, City. In New York City, and wow. Broadway theater. Wow! So I'm very excited about that, um, and to go in and help them like restructure and kind of get things together, and also bring in diverse programming. One being my show, mm-hmm. then there's another show I'm bringing in. You know, I've talked in, about bringing Dylan Brody's show in, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Mother May I, mm-hmm. like things like that to just show the di- show diversity within our theatrical community. That's right. always been important to me. Yeah. And I think, you know, having a theater off Broadway that is also has someone at the helm yep. associated that's African-American, I think makes a great difference. And and so I'm excited about what the possibilities are. You know, I'm also excited because they're young kids and I'm helping them through their drama. You know, every theater, mm-hmm. when you take over theater, it all has their new drama. And here I am helping them build up and and, and sort of get out of their own way. And, yeah. and, I, and I surround myself now, at least in that community, with people who know so much more than I do. Yeah. So I go to my friend, like I have a great friend named Shashi, and I go to him and ask him for advice on the, on, you know, equity and this and that and how to get things done so that I'm aware and can come to a meeting and know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Know what I'm talking about. And so that's exciting to me. And, you know, just being patient right now as well and having patience for my investment money that's supposed to come in so I can reopen my show mm-hmm, off, mm-hmm. you know, off Broadway in the fall. So I, I'm, I'm doing that and then touring, you know, this whole month I'll be in New York at the Broadway comedy club and then in Connecticut doing stand up. So it's funny just watching all that happen. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. I mean, that's literally where my focus is and trying to find and make enough money to support my child yes. through her process and get a place in New York. Yeah. 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 So meantime, like I said, I'm a 44 year old, you know, calf searcher, <laughs> surfer. You know, that's what I do. The surfing of the couch. I'm an artist. Uh, Soon I'll be traveling on a train. Oh, we oui, and <laughs> smoking a big deep cigarette. Oh, yes. uh, Galois, yes. you know. And have lovers, not boyfriends. No, lovers. Lovers. <laughs> and drinking really bad, thick coffee. Thick, thick coffee. Thick. Kind of make hair on your chest that I pluck with my tweezers. <laughs> Like what the hell? This is Kelly and Rain people. That's all. We're that's saying. all. We're just. <laughs> yeah. That's just who we are. We're just going <laughs> we're somewhere. Goofy. Thinking of uh, speaking of plucking. I'm sorry, but chin hairs. I've oh my god! Look, what is that? <laughs> I'm, telling I'm so you, embarrassed. It gets worse. It gets worse. I don't want it to get worse. I, I have not the electrolysis, but it's five hundred freaking dollars for one hair. I can't go. I, I don't have I, one I, hair. I, there. I can't afford it either. I'm sorry to the man listening who loves me. I'm just saying. I know. It's just. It is just. It's just. It's nightmare. It's, it's a nightmare. Disgusting. It is. And I'm I'm plucking away, plucking I know, away. Right? And then like three days later, I'm like, wait, there's a whole new crop of them on the other side. How? Where, wait, wait a minute. Huh? I don't know. I don't I know. I feel like those 
those scary women. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? Yeah. That you're like, oh my God, she has a mustache. Yeah. Does she know? <laughs> no, they don't. They, don't. they never look in the mirror. Yeah, and yeah. I look I all look. the time. I don't yeah. want to be out with like that one black hair that <laughs> coarse, that's coarse. And they're hard, pubic. They're pubic hair. Yeah, exactly. I now have pubic hair and on I, my chin. Yes, it's disgusting. <laughs> they don't curl. They're not pretty. No, 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 no. no. It is, it is. uh, Yeah. And and I'm like, so like, I'm always like going, oh, where is it? Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. There it's up. But again, women, you know what we're talking about. Men, you know what you're talking about. I'm like, do I like have to actually shave at some point? Is that what's going to happen? I don't know. Like if I get 10 in a row, like, do I (laughs) shave it? Do I shave it? But I get great satisfaction from the plucking. I have to tell you, I feel like I've accomplished something when that little fucker is between my tweezers. Oh, yeah. Oh, got you, little bitch. Sometimes they're hard to get you. Oh, they are totally <laughs> hard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, thank you. And why is electrolysis so fucking yeah. expensive? Why is it like a gazillion dollars per fucking know. hair? Like, what? you know, what you can do though. And I'm just, this is not a commercial, but I'm just saying, you could go get. Um, it's not nads. I don't know what it is, but it's like those. Um, the is waxing, the waxing, those yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. I haven't done like that. The nair waxing, yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit works, but for the coarser ones, yeah, I recommend the wax, wax. The then wa- you can go and get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Comes right out, and yeah. You got to get the Russian, the Russian women on it. These they know how, these are the they ones do. they know how to deal with it. Yeah, because they're the ones walking around with the mustaches <laughs> they're not looking at. <laughs> you go in to get your eyebrows and your your mustache. I'm like, I get it from stuff. both sides, the Jews and the blacks. Yes. So I'm going to walk around one day when I'm really old. That's my fear. I'm serious. If someone said, what's your fear? My fear is to be the old lady with the mustache, the full beard. I won't let you. And kids I promise. I, no, the man that I'm with. See, that's you projecting. I'm going to be lonely my whole life, Kelly, and you're going to be there oh. taking care of me. <laughs> I want the man in my well, life that's where you to went. sign the prenup that says when I'm old. Not that, don't, not about the money. It's no. about that. It, yes. When I'm old, make sure I don't have a mustache and tell me if the chin hair is too fucking big before we go out. Yeah. And clip my, you know, pubic hairs. (laughs) I don't want to grow in When I can no longer bend. (laughs) I do not want a bush. I do not want a larger 70s bush. I lose my mind and feel like a cave woman. (laughs) Oh. My God. See, how did I know it was going to go strange? But it did. <laughs> I don't know. I just felt the need to speak of chairs. I'm so glad That's, that we could talk well, about I this. I was wondering, maybe she noticed mine. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just obsessing about my own because right. I know, I know part of my great pleasure at night is sitting in bed, watching TV tweeting on my ipad and plucking my chin hairs i mean literally that is the glamorous fucking life i fucking live people okay oh, that is the sum of it oh man crazy 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 okay so hilarious. uh yes totally hilarious <laughs> completely hilarious um so um what uh, oh i don't even know what well we're almost done here but um what else is there to talk about? Well, there's so much to talk about. We won't talk about on the air because that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. Um, it is. Uh, Darren uh, Krobama on Twitter know, just talked about uh, we're discussing becoming Amish. I'm not quite sure <laughs> what you mean by that, uh, darling Darren, but um, does that have to do with chin hairs? It was only one minute ago. <laughs> right, maybe, Look at this. So. That's Probably hysterical. Because Amish, maybe they do walk around. 
Oh, they do. They have the oh, they have the chin beards, right? They have those they like do. thin little beards. Right. But do the women? No. <laughs> well, they may. I, yeah, they may. Do the women? Are they? Can know. they pluck? Well, it's not. You never get to see them really because they no. wear the things around the little their, bonnets. The little bo- Maybe ah, the bonnet. That's it. That's we need it. bonnets. <laughs> Like some one day, like years from now, I'm gonna buy you a bonnet <laughs> yes. and put it in a thing, and you're gonna open it, and you're, it's gonna take you a while. Like, why the fuck did you give me a bonnet? You're gonna remember that in this conversation we had. You'll be like, holy shit! I'm going, oh shit, are my chin hair showing? <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, Winnipeg, Canada is saying hello to us right Hi. now on Twitter. Hey, Aaron from, from Winnipeg. A. A. <laughs> How's the gay Raj? A. A. <laughs> oh, we're so mean and so bad. We don't know what we're doing. We're crazy women. Uh, so everyone, um, uh, you know what? Uh, so any anyone in New York, let, I just want to let you know that Rain may be knocking on your door to sleep on your couch yes, in the night, in the, until she gets a place of her own. Yes. Um, if you have a really cheap place to sublet to Rain, please let us know. She would like to know that too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, um, go see – so you're going to be the Broadway Comedy – Broadway Comedy Club on the 17th of August, on the 25th of August for the Imperial Com- Comedy Festival that my friend Josh Spear mm-hmm. is doing, who's a stand-up. Great. So it's his festival. I'm part of that, which runs the 23rd to the 25th. I'm on the 25th at 9 p.m. Then I'm in. Then the Broadway Comedy Club again uh, on the 30th uh, for my production funnier than fiction presents mm-hmm. um and it's an evening of different just a group of comics that are fantastic that's great um yeah and then one good thing is the orisha that's not the orisha poetry oh on my spiritual thing i'm doing orisha poetry at the new Orican cafe oh nice yes, on the 23rd of august in new york so all this is new york no. all this is you're just a new york right. girl now I am. you are i'm gonna be a new york girl for two whole weeks in I october I know it's gonna be really cool to be there. I've always, I mean, one of my dreams is always to be an adult, to live there a little bit. To you know, maybe I'll come back in the spring and actually get to live there, live yes, there. Yes. But two weeks trial and get to do my work, and um, you know, and, and I'm very honored that uh, this show is helping me get there. Thank you, Papa, for right. uh, your inspiration. That's right. And oh wait, we have an incoming call Uh-oh. here. We have to do this. Oh, let's do it. Hello, hello. Hi. You're on with Rain and Kelly. Who's this? Uh, hi guys. Um, my name is Letty and I'm from New York. <laughs> hi Letty from New York. Hey, what's up? Oh, nothing. I, I'm so surprised I got through. I just, I called you guys by chance and I just turned on my feed and it was delayed. So I was like, oh, they're answering my call. <laughs> <laughs> well, what would you like to, uh, add to the conversation here today? Um, well, I, I missed I missed a lot of it because I, I literally just got home um, from work. But um, I actually, uh, I, I guess I just wanted to talk about or maybe get an opinion on, um, I'm actually, uh, I'm in the middle of uh, a bidding war uh, between my current employer and um, a, a new employer. Uh-huh. Um, and both want... Uh, my current employer wants to keep me, uh, but I, I'm beginning to feel that uh, the newer employer, uh, I guess, saw something 
they liked in me right away. Um, whereas I'm, I'm kind of getting this impression and m- maybe like it goes marriage. along with, <laughs> yeah, what you, <laughs> what, what Kelly, you talked about before, um, with one of your guests about how you, you, sometimes you're not always in alignment with something. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and I'm, I don't think I realized till just maybe today, um, that maybe I'm not quite in alignment anymore with, uh, the employer that I'm still with. Well, you know, um, I would say even that the fact that you called to even bring up this subject mm-hmm. that you're, you're not in alignment that no. you, you know, you're ready to move on into the next thing. And, you know, sometimes we need to say something out loud to someone else yes. just to hear our own truth about it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think they had to, uh, I don't know, to like to actually voice it because I, you know, I've heard a lot of, we don't want you to go and this and that, but then we, there's been a lot of like, Oh, like I, I, I've heard that, uh, you know, there, I don't know, just some of the feedback I've gotten from them. Um, it's just making me feel like they're trying to keep me for the wrong reasons and not, so, uh, so I would say to you, darling, to, 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 go, you know, get into a quiet space and to really hear what you need to hear about this, you know, and know what you know, there's something you know about this that only, you know, and right. it's about, it's about owning that. It's always about owning that and respecting yourself enough to believe that you can trust yourself Trust what you know and trust your intuition because clearly, uh, you know, one of the things we do a lot and as humans in general, but especially as women, is we look to our environment to define us and to, to, to tell us who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to be next. And so I encourage you to step up into your power and, and, and know even if it's this, even if it, you know what, it, you'll know right away, right or wrong, what direction you're going. You'll know because you'll, it'll, the, the invite, you know, you, your life will tell you that. But it sounds like you know what you need to do. Mm. Right, Rain? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I, no, yeah, yeah, I think sorry. I'm, I think I'm getting there. It's just, uh, it's been, I mean, it, it's so true. And it's just something I'm like slowly coming into is that I, I've always been, and I think maybe it is just part of being a woman sometimes where you do, yeah. you, you're constantly looking around for somebody validate me, please. Yep. How old <laughs> are you? Even if you know that you're good at something. I'm only 30 actually. Yeah. You're still, you're still a youngin, and, and, but this is a great time. Your thirties is about, you know, really starting to hone that relationship with yourself and to know what you are. Um, what you're about, like yeah. what what do you want your life to be about, and to start to trust that voice, and that voice will get louder and louder with every year you age. That's the cool thing about being a woman and aging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you so yeah. much. thank you. She's sweet. I know you're. T- oh, thank you so much. Thank thanks for calling, and thank you, and trust yourself, and uh, and yeah, you know, blessings to you, darling. Oh, thank you so much. And I just want to tell you before uh, we let each other go here that you've just been a wonderful uh, voice and just inspiration to me and um, just listening to your podcast. And I always seem to listen 
even if it's later on, I always seem to listen to the one that I need to hear when I need ah, to hear it. <laughs> and yeah, it's been just kind of beautiful. And I just ha- kind of had to share that with you to just let you know that, um, you know, you're always kind of, I, I would kind of have, uh, I pick up a message from you guys when, you know, right at the right time, it seems like. Oh, well. So um, I, sweet. I just want to thank you for that so much. Well, thank thank you. I so deeply appreciate that because, uh, you know, I, I, I want to be in conversation with the world and to know that something I say or living that I'm living through or struggling with or one of my guests or something and, you know, the synchronicity of you needing to hear it at that time, that puts the biggest smile on my face and you just made my week. So thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, well, thank you. And thanks for talking to me tonight, guys. You're both amazing. (laughs) You too, honey. Right back at you, girl. (laughs) All right. Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye. Oh, damn, that was so lovely and sweet. That and was very sweet. I know. She didn't sound like a New Yorker. No, she no, didn't. She sounded like, you know, she, didn't. she drives into the city and then <laughs> drives out to her home in the country. Yeah. So if you're listening, that's the impression you give. So that's nice. She's got a sweet yeah, energy. She a, does. A great sweet energy. Yeah. Well, thank you for calling in. That was that was really beautiful. It was just a lovely moment. And I, I rarely take calls, but I just thought, oh, you know, we'll take a little call today or something. You never know. See, you nice. never know. Well, Rain, thank you for being here. Thanks. And and, um, you know, you know, I know, you know, you know that I know. Do I you know. I do. OK, good. OK, good. I you All right, then. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you all, you fabulous people out there who are listening either live or listening on your goddamn phones later in the week or you're at the gym or you're trying to fall asleep or you're in the car commuting to your job which you love or you hate or you're indifferent to um thank you all for listening if you love what we do here and you have some spare change or some spare dollars, or some spare $100 bills sitting around, go to my website, kellycarlin.com forward slash waking and hit the PayPal button. We here at Waking from the American Dream have no sponsors, have no advertising. And you should. And we should. And we don't because I still don't know how to do all of that. But we do survive (laughs) here on the kindness of strangers. And Mm. you people are not so much strangers to me, your family. A little strange, but that's what family (laughs) is. (laughs) So I love you all. Thank you for Smodcast for uh, carrying this signal and letting me put the word out there in the world. Thank you, everyone on Twitter who follows us here and and comes along for the ride. And um, thank you to the trees and the leaves and uh, the beautiful summer sunset that we're going to have here. We'll be going out with rain singing Kumbaya. I'm going to get her to record that this weekend and we will play it on the show. Uh, Okay, I think we're going to go out with um, uh, my great friends, uh, Chandler Travis, Travis Shook. And uh, we're going to go out with a shorty. It's called No Place Like Home. Love you all. Uh, you know, do all the social media things. Be good to each other. Be good to yourself. That's something I said to Rain earlier. I'm yes. like, just make sure you're kind to yourself right now. When things are a little crazy, remember, be kind to yourself. Anyway, everyone, have a great and beautiful week. And next week, I have Jen Posner on, this fabulous feminist woman that I met on Twitter. 
and um, can't wait to talk to her. She's a media expert about women in the media, and she's uh, funny and smart and kind, just, you know, my kind of person. So so tune in next week for that, and uh, who knows who I'll have the rest of the month. God knows. It's crazy enough. All right, people, love you. Uh, Here is Travis Shook, No Place Like Home, I think. Up to the moon and stars above And to the sky that fits them like a glove Under the gray unknown Sure ain't no place like home I dedicate this song today To whatever you feel okay to the unusual games you play for whatever it is worth sure ain't no place like earth sure ain't no place like This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com. Kevin Smith and his wife, Jen Schwalbach, have traveled the globe, selling out theaters left and right. The Secret Stash now proudly presents One Sold-Out Night in London, available on vinyl, as in that thing you put on a turntable. Plus one, Murica. Crank up some goddamn funny storytelling, recounting the night that one of Smodco's royal family OD'd on weed. Pick up Plus One, Murica, in regular or limited autographed editions, available exclusively on jandsilentbob.com.